The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics, answer your questions, and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another week of Go to Health. And today we're talking with Dr. Judith Ford. She's a geneticist who has a long research history in human reproduction, cancer, and aging. Her work has included studies on the mechanisms of error during cell division and diagnostic research on mutation, as well as chromosomal structure and numerical changes underlying cancers and human development abnormalities. In the late 1980s, she and her team undertook a unique community-based study of the environmental and lifestyle abnormalities affecting natural fertility and pregnancy loss. She now teaches online courses in the biology of aging and in 2019 published the book, Why We Age, Solving the Puzzle of Aging, Biology of Aging, Your Guide to Healthy Aging. And she's speaking to us today from Sydney, Australia. Dr. Judy, how are you today? Good to see you. Good to see you too, Jonathan. And it's uh, winter here, but not, well, it's a bit of a grisly sort of day, but it's not too bad. Good, good. So tell us about your background. I know you're, you're now teaching about the biology of aging, but what's the background that preceded that, your research and your gen- genetic studies? Okay. Look, I, I really ought to start with my very first inspiration. Um, when I was a child, um, and maybe I was about seven, I suppose, and in those days we used to play cricket in the back lane. And, uh, and one day a little boy joined us and he had Down syndrome. Mm. And um, anyhow, he was a nice little boy, um, but he just wasn't able to understand enough to join in with the game. Mm-hmm. So I... I went home and I said to my mother, you know, that I'd met this little boy and and wondered what the problem was. And my mum said, oh, it's something that happens often to the children of older mothers, which Mm. was very informed of her, I think, in those days. Mm -hmm. And um, anyhow, I think I made a decision there and then that I was going to solve that problem. So, you know, it's one of those things I think that happens to a lot of people that somewhere in your childhood, you make a commitment to something you're going to do. Wonderful. So I guess that went in the back of my mind and, you know, I went to school and I did quite well at school. And um, then, you know, in the last year, we started doing genetics. And uh, to tell the truth, our teacher wasn't very good at genetics. And so um, I didn't really understand genetic theory very well until I went to university. But I went to university uh, with the idea of just being a teacher, actually, and I did a science degree. Um, But I discovered that I really liked the (laughs) – this is the sort of thing that probably shouldn't really motivate you, but I was very motivated by the fact that the people in the biological sciences were such a friendly lot of people. Uh Um, Otherwise, I might have become a chemist, but I liked the biologists much better. And I I really enjoyed sort of 
you know, going out on excursions and getting involved in the whole world of biology. Um, and so I, I continued working in that and did an honours degree in genetics and then did very well in that. So uh, after I had my honours uh, result, um, I, I decided I really had three choices. And one was either to do computer programming, uh, but I thought maybe that wasn't quite me. Um, and then the second option was to work uh, with our Australian Broadcasting Commission and become a cadet journalist. Mm. But they didn't ever, they didn't have any understanding of what a science journalist might do um, at that stage. And so I felt that maybe that was going to be a bit too difficult. And then I got um, a PhD scholarship. So I did that. <laughs> so this is a bit of an unsure start. And um, in those days, um, genetics was mostly done on plants and fruit flies. And so I, I did a project which was on plants and it was mainly electron microscopy. So I was really looking at cells, cell division um, mm. down the electron microscope. Mm -hmm. And so that started my my interest and my knowledge of, of cells at this um, sub-microscopic level, which is something that most geneticists don't know about. Uh, so, you know, so I've got a bit of an advantage here because I've come from this sort of mixture of genetics and cell biology um, and sub-microscopic work right from, right from the word go. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, after I finished my PhD, I then arranged to do um, a postdoctoral year, which was supposed to be in radiation biology. Um, but the person who was going to supervise me um, was suddenly given uh, the job of being a replacement vice chancellor. So I couldn't work with him. So serendipity again, I then got placed to do work with some developmental biologists. And so I spent the year learning a lot about um, submicroscopic electron microscopy of early embryonic development. Mm. So I think this is in the long run um, stood me in good stead. Um, then after that, uh, what was I going to do? And I moved into gradually into human genetics. Um, so I was one of the first people to develop techniques in prenatal diagnosis, um, looking at chromosomes from amniotic fluid um, did that for about 18 months. And then after that, I moved into a laboratory where I studied leukemia cells um, and the changes in chromosomes that occurred in the various types of leukemias. Mm -hmm. After that, I was headhunted and um, went to a position where I set up a diagnostic genetics lab. Um, so I moved from Sydney to South Australia and, um, and I developed this laboratory over 20 years and during that time did research both in the areas of leukaemia and reproduction. Um, and, uh, of course, in both cases, what was underlying that were the changes that occur during ageing. So... So I was sort of 
viewing aging from the perspective of how it was affecting both reproduction and cancer. Um, after that, I, you know, I had a, my own company for a while and um, then I ran into a bit of trouble because I was doing a lot of work showing that people who were exposed to chemicals had broken chromosomes, mm. got a huge amount of um, publicity for this, made some powerful enemies who decided that my work should not continue and they... Anyway, they sent me out of business. and oh, sorry. Um, no, that's all right. I lost everything but for a good cause, I think, um, in a way. Um, and uh, so then I became a, a more of a teacher and a writer after that. And so I've done a little bit of research since that, uh, which is just using other people's data, reanalyzing it, and, and I think actually writing some quite important papers both in the areas of aging and, and cancer. Um, but really, I think over these last many years, I've mostly been a teacher and a writer and a speaker. I'm wondering, you were probably, I'm guessing, you were probably one of the few women in the field when you were coming up? Oh, yes. You know, it was, it was really hard being a woman in science. Mm-hmm. Not, not genetics in particular, but I think in science in general, um, I was told that um, I was better than the other candidates for several jobs that I went to at university, um, but people who were on those committees said, you know, you, you're not getting the job because you're a woman. Yeah, um, you're the best candidate. And, yeah, so that was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely life as it was then. Yeah, you impressed me as a go-getter, which is if there's a, a barrier or a wall, you just kind of go around it or over it or under it or through it. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I, I guess I do. I guess I tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just going to say, I think it's part of being the, um, the youngest child in a family. You know, I was the fourth child born after the war, and I never had any power, so I had to be cunning. Right, got it, good. So I wanted to ask you, um, Judy, do you, do you write and does is your research and writing mostly for the public or is it for, for professionals or is it a combination? Yeah, that's, that's, that's I think, one of the, the difficult things. You know, I've had years and years and years of practice of writing um, publications for the scientific literature. Right. And, of course, that's a very boring way of writing. And um, I don't really like writing like that. I still do a little bit of it because I'm still uh, co-supervising a PhD student mm-hmm. and so I have to do, you know, have to do my bit on writing some papers uh, there. Um, I, I like writing for the public and I like giving talks to the public, but I do think that um, I have to be careful to try and pitch it correctly. So my pitch is probably a little bit more um, formal in a way. Well, I mean, the writing isn't formal. You know, it's, it's friendly enough. Yes. But I I do probably reference the literature a lot more than other authors. Uh, so yes. to me, it's really important that the, that the information is as correct and up-to-date as it can be at the time. I mean, we know... We know that opinions keep changing and what was in vogue, you know, 
20 years ago may or may not be in vogue now. Right. Um, but nevertheless, I find it's critical for me that, that the work has been published and, and is authentic. It doesn't right. necessarily have to be published in the scientific and medical literature uh, because I think that um, some of the world databases uh, on health results that are published are, are incredibly important and we can probably learn more from them often than we can from people's studies, which could be more biased. But, right. um, yeah, so it's so I try to have my style um, that's easy enough for anyone who's intelligent to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's certainly not a, a, a constrictive scientific style of writing, but right. it's very much sort of it's one of the reasons I wanted to interview you because we really try to stick with what I call it's not what I call but what is evidence-based medicine so that claims that are being made there's evidence behind it so that people can trust it and rely on it and as always it's the evidence we know today and we can always get more evidence in the future which may change things Uh, I'm one of the blessings that came out of the uh, COVID-19 experience for the world I think was the whole world got to learn a lot more about the scientific process and the research process and the approval of medicines. Um, And so I think the world's much more appreciative about all the steps we go through before we make medical claims. I think that's true. And it's it's quite funny, actually, people learning new words, you know, um, trying trying to pronounce epidemiologist and, um, you know, and and coming up with, well, what on earth is that? And so, yes, and and it's good to know all that stuff so I can help people understand. Right. So so we have just a couple more minutes in this segment, but tell me what led to your focus on aging? Look, my current focus on aging um, is really to try and get a correct message out there about what aging is all about. Uh-huh. Uh, I do think that I have put together a concept that is not currently written in the literature in in a single way. I did publish this um, concept some years ago, and although the, the paper's been you know, cited by nearly 100 people, I feel that they're citing it in their own interests and they're not necessarily picking up the correct concept. And so, you know, on the one hand, there's telomere theories, and on the other hand, there's mitochondrial theories, and then there's a focus on inflammation And all of those things are correct, but um, I think I'm putting it all together for the first time in an understandable way. And it all does fit together. It's really just one picture. It's um, chromosomes dividing, getting to their telomere limit, that causing inflammation, that, and um, well, that actually before inflammation causing changes to membranes and really altering mitochondrial function. But the idea of mitochondrial mutations in DNA and stuff is really nonsense. And so um, I just hope that enough people will read my work and, and be influenced by it. So I wrote it as a book um, because it was too difficult for me to really write it in the medical literature. Mm-hmm. Um, I could write the paper I did write, um, 
but this, I think, sort of shows how it all fits together much better. Great. So stick with us, folks. We're going to be back with Dr. Judy Ford after this break. We're going to talk more about telomeres and mitochondria and explain all that and aging. And we're, again, we're with Dr. Judy Ford from Australia. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Are you looking for a happy lifestyle? Now that's a crazy question, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy, but we struggle in trying to figure out how to get there. Want help with that? Then tune in to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. Find out about the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle and learn how to enjoy every aspect of life and be happy. Say yes, be happy. Listen live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are with Dr. Judith Ford, who's a geneticist in Sydney, Australia, and she is the author of the book, Why We Age, Solving the Puzzle of Aging. 
So Dr. Judy, you used some terms in our last segment that I want to define for people so that they understand what we'll be talking about. And in this next segment, we're really going to talk about healthy aging and what Dr. Ford has learned about this and all the ideas she has put together. Dr. Ford, tell us, what is a telomere? A telomere is an end of a chromosome. Um, and when, when we were doing cytogenetics, you know, in those early years, we, we were impressed that the idea of a telomere was invented because in those days we thought it was, in, we thought it was necessary to have something special on the end of a chromosome so that chromosomes didn't stick together because otherwise if you broke two chromosomes, they would unite and stick together. Anyway, telomeres are somehow um, controlling the number of times a cell can divide. When we are born, the, each chromosome has a telomere at each of its ends, and it's, and it's quite long. And every time that particular chromosome divides, a bit of the telomere is going to be chopped off. Each end, each telomere at each end, a little bit is going to be chopped off. The number of times a cell can divide is determined by, A, how long the telomeres are in the first place, and B, how many times that cell divides. And the only known way to make your telomeres longer, and it's really not something you can do in retrospect, is to have an older father. So if you have a slightly older father, you'll have slightly longer telomeres to start with. So telomeres are chopped off each time a cell divides. Basically, the length of your telomeres determines the length of your life. The one thing that is known to affect uh, the number of cell divisions and to reduce life is childhood illness. Mm. So... When they've done studies of, of children um, and looked at the number of illnesses they suffered in those first few years, they then find that this has a very big effect on the telomere length of those children when they're, say, teenagers. Mm -hmm. mm. So overall, what, if we want to prolong our lives, we have to try and reduce the number of cell divisions that go on in any tissues. Hmm. So this is why, for instance, if I, as I have, I mean, I've got fairly old-looking skin um, because I spend a lot of time in the sun. I love being in the sun, but when I was young, I used to go to the beach all the time. And so you can usually pick Australians because they spent a lot of time in the sun. So if you're in an airport, you look around and you think, oh, that person's got an older looking skin. And they're quite likely to be an Australian because they're somebody who has European skin and they've spent a lot of time in the sun. Right. So that, that sort of ageing will then make you... In the, in the case of skin, probably a little bit more prone to cancers of the, the skin. Um, but this ageing goes on in all of your tissues. And so what you have to try and do is where you can to reduce excessive cell division. Hmm. Now, wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> this is all getting yeah. down to the cellular level. So you're telling me we cannot lengthen our telomeres. Is that correct? Yeah, probably not. Okay. 
we, we don't know how to do that yet. There is an enzyme called telomerase, which extends telomeres, huh. but only active in very few cells. Fortunately, it's active in our lymphocytes, and so it allows our blood cells to have continued immunity as long as the rest of our bone marrow holds up and the rest of our immune system holds up. Right. Um, but for most of our cells, I mean, there are some embryonic cell, stem cells that, that are there that replace some of our cells indefinitely, but the majority of our cells have got a limited lifespan and therefore we need to nurture them and not overuse them. Now, the only thing that has been known to preserve life and has been well documented in animals is calorie restriction in childhood, mm. right? When in, when in you know in young young animalhood, whatever that's called. Um, and so I believe that at the moment we are seeing um, quite a lot of uh, older people living quite well sort of into their 90s and even over 100 mm -hmm. because those people lived through the depression and mm. wars and had inadvertently calorie restriction as children. But I think people like me who were born after World War II and who were overfed probably can't anticipate living as long as that. Interesting. Wow. So, so. Of course, I'm not sure. You know. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but it, but you've written a book on how healthy aging. So one of the things you talked about was, uh, I guess, reducing the the amount to which our cells divide. I mean, do we have any control yeah. over that? Well, um, okay. So when when your cells reach what's called their telomere limit, so when the cell reaches its point where it can no longer divide. Mm -hmm. It then has uh, two possible pathways. One is called apoptosis, and then in apoptosis, the cell self-destructs. Now, that's probably the better mechanism. Um, you'll shrink if that happens, uh, but but you won't. The cell won't actually cause any problems. Mm -hmm. The other alternative, which occurs to most, well, more than half the cells. Um, is a process called senescence, and that involves switching on this wonderful gene called the P53 gene, and that alters fatty acid metabolism. So those senescent cells become highly inflammatory because mm. the fatty acids in the cell's membranes are changed to... Um, fats that are more inflammatory, let's say. Mm. Um, so so we, we don't have the unsaturated fats, so we get a higher proportion of saturated fats in our cellular membranes and they are inflammatory. And so when cells reach their telomere limit, they've got lots of senescent cells lying around, um, and you don't do anything about them, then you'll have very high levels of inflammation. And unfortunately, one of the things that inflammation does is it stimulates other cells to divide. And so you have in 
increased, you know, the idea of inflammation, if you actually see it, you see something red and, and, and aggravated looking. And so there's a whole lot of cellular activity going on in that inflammation. And usually swollen as well. And swollen as well, yeah. exactly. So you've got, you've got rescue cells coming into the process. You've got sort of fluids, ag- you know, accumulating and you've got increased cell division going on. All sorts of lots and lots and lots of activity going on there. And so what we have to do is try and reduce the amount of inflammation in mm. our body. So first thing is to try to reduce excessive cell division. And I, I postulate a number of ways that you might do that. Can't um, wait to hear about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to tell you all today. Um, and, um, and then, you know, as, as well as doing that. But the most important thing is to try and control this amount of inflammation. And the number one answer to uh, reducing inflammation is to have a, a diet which is rich in oleic acid. And the very best source of oleic acid is olive oil. Olive oil, right. And when all the studies were done on the benefits of the Mediterranean diet, they forgot to notice the olive oil, which was the most important component. Mm -hmm. But yes. So the reason why the Mediterranean diet is so effective is uh, there are other components there as well, of course, but it's probably primarily the olive oil. And then before you ask me, what about the um, Okinawans? They don't have olive oil. No, they don't, but they have sesame oil, which also has a very high proportion of oleic acid. Mm -hmm. So any long-lived people have a lot of olive oil. And when you, a lot of oleic acid, and when you look at the um, the super centenarians, uh, Jean-Marie Carmont um, and the Japanese doctor whose name I can't pronounce at the moment, um, they they had lots and lots and lots of olive oil in their diets. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so the first thing is to to get stuck into the olive oil, and I don't have any shares in olive oil companies. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, you know, you should get the best quality olive oil you can and I think take a couple of tablespoons a day. Oh, really? Wow. In addition to whatever else you eat, even if you cook with it, you should still take a couple of tablespoons? Yeah, but don't cook, don't cook with it. It's not very good to cook with. So oh, really? you're better off cooking with a tiny amount of sunflower oil, I think, is good for cooking with, but only tiny, tiny quantities. But then you have your your olive oil just by the spoonful look the Japanese doctor used to have it with orange juice for breakfast that doesn't appeal to me at all (laughs) I have it with a little bit of soy sauce over my my mixture of vegetables and raw cooked and raw at night time wonderful I think it's very tasty actually yeah Yeah. so I have a question now aren't we constantly producing new cells. So why should we have to worry about aging cells or the length of telomeres? Aren't we always producing new cells that are fresh and young and strong and have long telomeres? Uh, No, 
Oh. No, 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 <laughs> no, we're not. So, so there are only very few cells, uh, just uh, in fact, very few tissues where you're actually producing brand new cells with long telomeres. Mm. Um, the rest of your cells are, you know, what you've got by the time you're in middle age. And, you know, they, yeah, they're continuing to divide. But every time they divide, they're shortening their telomeres. Mm -hmm. and, and then once they get to the end of their telomere, they, they get to the end of their telomere limit, they then become a senescent cell and they produce inflammation. Right. And so that's as, as one gets older, you get higher and higher levels of inflammation. Mm -hmm. But damped down by your, your olive oil. And, and then... The other thing I, um, I've written about in the book, but I've become even more convinced since I wrote the book, so I'm even more with my talks and with my um, courses, <clears throat> talking about the importance of um, our scavenger systems and what we need to do to support them. So, um, What, what do you mean when you say scavenger system? Yeah, right. Well, we've got a number of enzymes to come to our defense. Right? So um, I think uh, there are three types. Um, there's the superoxide dismutase enzymes. Um, there are the selenoproteins and there is glutathione, glutathione transferase and glutathione peroxidase. Now, okay, so... The important thing for glutathione is to give it enough sulfur and it also requires selenium. The selenoproteins require selenium and the dismutase um, enzymes require um, manganese, copper, zinc. Right. So you need these um, substances. Now, sulfur isn't a trace element, so you can have pretty much as much sulfur as you like. Um, but selenium and and manganese and um, copper in particular, I don't like the idea of taking too much copper. I think you probably get enough copper mostly. But anyhow, particularly um, uh, selenium and, and manganese, um, we need to have enough. And mm -hmm. If we don't have enough, um, we are not able to support these enzymes that are going to remove the nasties. Mm -hmm. And in particular, um, these enzymes, the dismutase enzymes, particularly work with our mitochondria. And so, um, and the mitochondria are our energy system. So we need enough of the trace elements to get these mitochondria working really fairly effectively, even though they are still sort of reducing a little bit with the um, senescence problem. So, so trace elements, um, big focus. And again, um, there hasn't been a lot of research. It's very hard to do this sort of research, I think, um, but there have been some studies on the blood of uh, centenarians versus others, and centenarians definitely have higher levels of selenium than, than other people. Mm. 
Selenium is um, very easy to get in the form of Brazil nuts. Mm. And so I, I've taken to having three Brazil nuts a day. Three. Um, <laughs> depends a little bit on the size of the Brazil nuts. Now, you can get your complete diet, daily uh, intake of selenium from, I think it's five Brazil nuts, depending a little bit on their size. They've got so much more selenium than anything else. Um, and interestingly, uh, I really only started on my Brazil nut um, intake, religious intake uh, recently. And when I went to the dentist last Saturday, the dentist said, I really have to tell you that your inflammation in your gums has virtually gone away. It's so much better than it was before. Wow. And I'm putting that down to the Brazil nuts. Okay, good, great. I mean, I, I, you know, I've always used an electric toothbrush and flossed and done all those other good things. So yes. it's really amazing, um, you know, how, how if you just pay attention to some of these things. You read in the book, you'll find out um, why um, not too much, but a little bit of maple syrup is, is good for a regular source of manganese. Uh, anyway. Great. So we're talking with Dr. Judith Ford. She's from Sydney, Australia. She's a geneticist and she's written the book, Why We Age, Solving the Puzzle of Aging. We'll be back with Dr. Ford in just a moment and we'll be talking more about the courses she teaches and also the book she has written. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Are you looking for a happy lifestyle? Now that's a crazy question, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy, but we struggle in trying to figure out how to get there. Want help with that? Then tune in to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. Find out about the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle and learn how to enjoy every aspect of life and be happy. Say Yes, Be Happy. Listen live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, we're back with Dr. Judith Ford. She's a geneticist from Sydney, Australia, and she's written the book, Why We Age, Solving the Puzzle of Aging. So, Dr. Ford, in our last segment, you talked about, and let me just see if I get this right, we cannot really increase the length of our telomeres, and every time our cells divide, the telomeres get shorter, and the telomeres really determine the length of our lives in some ways. Um, and then we, we also really can't control how much our cells divide, but when they get old, they start creating inflammation, right? So this inflammation really starts putting us in bad health. So how does reducing inflammation help keep us healthier and, make li- and live longer? Okay. Now, look, I forgot to tell you one thing, and i just going to add that in before I answer the question about inflammation. Okay. If we try and the one thing that, that happens if we allow cells with really short telomeres to divide um, is that they become cancerous. Mm. So inflammation is actually protection against cancer, but it's not a very good mechanism of protecting against cancer because it itself sort of encourages cell division. All right. So that, so that is the sort of double whammy. So how is it that controlling inflammation helps improve our health? Inflammation causes our body to have a lot of symptoms. And one of the major symptoms of inflammation is pain. So when we talk about all these um, conditions of aging, arthritis and um, things like that, you know, they are mainly diseases of inflammation. And then inflammation in other organs can cause other problems in that organ, which can lead to more physiologic, not more uh, internal-based sort of problems. Mm -hmm. So basically, there are a huge number of diseases that are influenced by or directly caused by inflammation. So we, we need to try and keep the amount of inflammation in our bodies as low as possible, with the exception of when inflammation is actually doing something healing, like when we've got some sort of external cut or something, and then 
that is, that is really an inflammatory response and it's doing some good. It's doing some healing. But we, but we don't want excessive amounts of our body's energy and um, nutrients going into just repairing and, and uh, cleaning up all the time. Mm-hmm. So if we have low levels of inflammation in our bodies, we're, we're going to have much less pain. We're going to feel better. We're going to feel more energetic. Uh, we're going to sleep better. And we're generally going to feel pretty good about life. And mm. so that's the goal. So the goal is to feel terrific, to um, not, have to tra- not have to go to the doctor for illnesses, not have to have any of these sort of chronic diseases of aging, which are all basically results of inflammation, and um, feel terrific until the day we die. Right. So what, what I'm getting your, 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 your thesis here is that healthy aging, it's not like you're lengthening your life, but you're making the quality of your life better because you're managing inflammation. That's probably true, but you probably are also increasing the length of your life as well because inflammation itself causes more cells to divide and so actually Uh is part of the shortening process. So if you can keep that inflammation down, you'll probably live a little bit longer, but hopefully you'll live very much more healthily and therefore happily. Right, good. So... In this last segment, let's talk a little bit about the courses that you're teaching in the book you've written. Can you tell us about what the content of the course and what what people can learn from taking the course and who's the course for? Okay. So I have one course on the line at the moment, which is for professionals. It's focused on professionals. And it's really to give them the basics of – the, the intrinsic information about cells and, and the details about the cell division and to give them all the, um, all the data, all the publications that, that relate to that and so that they can feel that they've got, if they go through it all, do the exercises, they've got a solid basis, a solid understanding of, of this uh, that they can use in their work that they work with with patients. So it's mm-hmm. sort of uh, <clears throat> just a really strong foundation of um, s- strongly science-based information. Now, I decided that um, really we needed to have something that was probably a little bit easier for people who were just particularly interested in improving their own health and um reducing their dependence on perhaps the medical system. And so I've um, got a course that's just going to have four sessions and I'm reading what I've written down here for this. So session one is going to be called The Depressing Health Facts About Reaching Middle Age. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, Which is a bit sad, but anyway. um, But, you know, it's, it's it's good for us to know the truth, right? Absolutely, because, you know, I I mean, otherwise people think it's something that's just happened to them or they're unusual. Um, And um, anyway, the next thing is is going to be more about prevention so then they can feel more optimistic. 
So session two is is on the science of, of aging and why it's inevitable, and that will be similar to what I've said today with a bit more detail, a bit you know, something that people can check up on, mm-hmm. a few more diagrams, explanations of how it all happens. Then session three, um, and this is something that I that's in the book, um, in section two in the book, alerts from world data. And so this is where I go to the world data um, for all the common diseases of ageing and I look at which of the countries are doing worst and which of the countries that are doing best um, to figure out, you know, what what are the obvious things that one can do to improve one's status. Mm-hmm. And so this one alerts from world data what we can learn both positive and negative from health and health and health and death records from 182 countries. Wow. And then finally, session four um, is on essential take-home messages uh, for those who seek a happier, healthier life. Great. And I hope that everyone will have a happier, healthier life after they do the course. Wonderful. Good. So, so you really go through the science of this and the basis of science and that it's not only happening to you, it's a natural process. And then yeah. some tips on how you can live your best life as you age. Yeah, Wonderful. and it is because I do I I do walk my talk. So although I, you know, I'm 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 old. I've got grey hair. I, you know, I don't know that I could have done anything about that. But I'm seventy five, and I um I don't take any medications, and wow. I don't have anything. At least nothing wrong with me. The only problems I've had have been to do with my knees and hips from playing too much sport not terribly well but anyway so <laughs> i hope that i hope that my health will continue and that I will continue to feel healthier but it is interesting because since i've been in the last couple of years since writing the book and taking my own advice people are saying to me god you're looking healthier <laughs> you're looking much better than you did a few years ago so i think it's possible to improve your health and um, to improve your energy and vitality, even though, you know, the odds are against this happening. Right. And have you worked with people who have followed your program or you read your book and they've seen their, their lives improve? Well, I, I have had a lot of people come to my talks and, um, and read the book. And then I've got quite a lot of people someone who came to my last talk um, contacted me and bought nine more books for friends and people yesterday. So they're sharing the word. However, um, I think this man uh, that yesterday, I think he'll be, I think he'll be good. Um, But I'm not sure that all of them are doing everything they're supposed to do. So I sort of, um, I have to keep checking up. (laughs) Right, right. So this is, this, this obviously takes some discipline and and some choice and some direction that you have to choose for your life. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not difficult. I'm not asking people to, to do anything other than to really eat a healthy diet and, to understand, well, at least what my definition of a healthy diet is, right? Uh, which is probably a little bit different from some people's definition. Yeah. Um, 
I think people probably should take some supplementary vitamins if if they can't get enough of those particular elements. But, but generally, um, it's all about eating high-quality food and having a good environment, sleeping in the dark, and um, having plenty of exercise. Mm. But, but honestly, one of the messages I think is that the older they get, the more you have to exercise. And mm-hmm. so you have to exercise your brain and you have to exercise sort of every part of your body um, because really everything else is moving in the other direction. And um, so I think it's if you don't do these things, then, you know, you probably won't do so well. But certainly, yes, some of the, some of the people who've been keen on the book are looking very well. Good. That's great. So we only have just a couple of minutes here, but I want to bring this back full circle. You talked at the beginning of the show about being motivated as a child, about seeing another child who had Down syndrome. And you kind of took this on saying, I want to solve this. Yes. Take a look back on your life now. And and you've kind of gone through the trajectory of your life and where you've ended up. How, How are you evaluating what you've done and what you're able to offer to the world? Well, I think what I've worked out and I think what I have published has been very much in line with, with you know, what I wanted to do. Um, but getting the message out is my downfall. I think, you know, it's very hard to be a marketer as well as being a scientist. And yes. Uh, so, yes, I love other people. Once people do do my courses and read my books. I'd love them to tell other people about it if they think it's useful. Um, We've got a lot of misinformation to correct because, unfortunately, there's a huge, as you know, I mean, there are, there's both people writing in the scientific literature who've got a path that's not the right one. Um, but there's also a huge number of people out there, you know, pretending to be experts who are just regurgitating a bit from here and there and they don't really have their own source of information to, to truly evaluate things. They might be good communicators, but they're not necessarily yeah. good scientists. So yeah. it's tricky. Yeah. Well, Judy, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're doing wonderful work. God bless. And I want to let you know that this show, I created this show precisely for people like you because I work with a lot of scientists who have a lot of great information, but they need to get it out to the public. And that's the whole purpose of this show, Go to Health. So I want to thank you for taking up my invitation to come on the show today and share everything you know in your life's work. And again, we've been talking with Dr. Judith Ford. She's a geneticist in Sydney, Australia, and she's written the book and has specialized in aging, why we age, solving the puzzle of aging. And she's got online courses that we can take and also this wonderful book that we can read to learn how to live our best life as we get older. Thanks so much for being with us, Judith. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been terrific. It really has. And I look forward to staying in touch. Okay, everybody, this winds up another show of Go to Health. And I want to thank you for being with us today. Again, thank you, Judith Ford. And everybody, we'll see you next week. And remember, go to health. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Go to Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web at gotohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.